0: Welcome, and thanks for joining the Closed End Fund Association for another discussion. Today, we will hear from an industry expert who shares insight on a timely issue affecting the closed-end fund space.
1: For those who frequent our monthly podcasts, I'm Libby Haster of the Closed End Fund Association. This week, I'm returning to discuss the energy sector and master limited partnerships. Despite MLPs having a challenging start to the new year, we're going to consider the potential for improvement over the remainder of 2018. And here to provide insight are a couple of the industry's experts addressing some concerns around product valuation and also identifying the outlook for income-seeking investors. Kicking things off today is Tortoise's Senior Managing Director, Ed Russell. Ed, I've had the pleasure of working with you before at some of our CFA advisor summits all over the country. But there's also a new voice on the mic today, That said, I'd like to extend a big welcome to you, Jim. Jim, who some of you may know as James Conane, is Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer of the Advisory Research MLP and Energy Infrastructure Team. Jim and Ed, thanks for joining us today. Ed, turning things over to you. As Managing Director of Tortoise, can you kick us off touching on the fundamentals of MLPs, Specifically, how are they positioned with regard to cash flows and the potential to bolster distributions? Ed?
0: Thanks, Libby. Well, with the exception of the last few days, it's been a rough start for MLPs in 2018. But if you look at, at least as of quarter end, these numbers are as quarter end, the valuations are very attractive. MLPs continue to trade at significant discounts relative to the historical averages if you use cash flow metrics. They normally, MLPs will normally historically trade at about 11 and a half times enterprise value to EBITDA and about 10 times price to discounted cash flows. Today, they're trading at about nine times. 2019's estimated EV to EBITDA and about five and a half times price to discounted cash flow. So very attractive multiples. If you look at the average yield right now for the sector, at the quarter end, it was almost 9%. And we still expect throughout the sector to see distribution growth at about 5 to 7% for the next 12 months. So that's a very attractive total return potential. I would, however, state that I think that you need to look at the individual companies as well. Do not subscribe 5 to 7% across the entire sector. And our suggestion would be to look at companies with lower yields, and higher growth expectations. Because to be frank, there are companies out there that are MLPs in particular that are trading at yield levels that are are there because there's going to be very little implied distribution growth in 2019. But again, if you look at the entire sector, distribution growth expectations are are at a a range that are the historical average. And I really don't think the valuations today reflect that distribution growth. And then if you compare them to, REITs and utilities, MLPs are about 11% cheaper than utilities and about 43% cheaper than REITs, respectively. So, again, I think relative valuation, if you look at yield-oriented stocks, MLPs are very attractive today.
1: And, then if we could kind of zero in on the energy segment of that, we've got an environment that's had pretty stable energy prices and continued strength in the U.S. production. So, can you address what seems to be the disconnect between this backdrop and the recent performance that you spoke to?
0: Well, that's obviously been the question on investors' minds, and rightfully so they're very frustrated because it seems as if we were only correlated to commodity prices on the way down, and as they started to improve, we did not see the improvement in the midstream sector. So, Clearly, investors have been frustrated by that, but I would have to say that there's really no fundamental reasons that you can point to on why we have not seen more improvement in the midstream sector, with the exception of the last few trading days. We believe the outlook, though, is very positive for the MLP sector. We have, unfortunately, gone through some transactions, simplification transactions that did result in distribution cuts, which I think really put a lot of doubt in retail investors minds on the stability of the distribution of these underlying securities and that kept them on the sidelines when you would normally see them as buyers when you get attractive yield rates like the nine percent average but if you look going forward we think the continuation of these simplification transactions that will take place without those backdoor distribution cuts will make this sector more attractive to the retail market And you also have seen MLPs change the way they manage their distribution, where they're focusing more on keeping cash flow to develop organic growth projects, increasing their distribution coverage ratios, which, again, I think improves the stability of that distribution. We believe that will also help bolster the attractiveness to the sector. And I'll let Jim touch a little bit more on the FERC issue, but I think what's going to need to take place over the next couple of quarters is good quarterly announcements which we expect very few surprises so no surprise distribution cuts that were not expected and then more clarity on the FERC issue that recently happened because we think that has very little material effect on the sector but we think the market really overreacted to that and and I can let Jim touch on that more specifically.
1: Yeah, thanks, Ed. Obviously, there's been some specific things that we can point to, um, like FERC. So, Jim, with that in mind, we had the federal tax reform bill and then a ruling in mid-March by the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, FERC, regarding certain tax allowances for the MLPs. Can you touch on how these have impacted MLPs and how the market properly reflected these impacts?
2: Sure, Libby. I think it's been a mixed bag from a standpoint of taxes and FERC. And as Ed already referenced, it's created some uncertainty and a lack of confidence among investors. It's going to need to be sorted out over a period of time. But there are some real positives there. I mean, if you look at the tax bill, for example, the tax bill was a benefit for both corporations and for MLPs. Now, you know, on the margin, you can argue that corporations benefited more, but MLPs benefited significantly as well, and a lot of energy infrastructure, including energy infrastructure that we own in our portfolios, are uh, both MLPs and corps. And so, overall, we feel that was an advantage for MLP investors and energy infrastructure investors in general. Now, on March 15th, as you referenced, we had a ruling out of FERC. That, uh, well, the announcement itself was not a surprise. The content of the announcement, I think, caught the market, including ourselves, off guard. The issue at hand was an income tax allowance issue that's been debated between pipeline operators and their customers between the courts and the FERC for 20 years. It's gone back and forth. And the ruling that came out of the FERC on March 15th was certainly not an advantageous one for MLPs. Now, without getting into great detail on it, I think the bottom line was that the market's immediate reaction was to assume a worst case scenario. And when we break down the impacts, we believe that the longer term impact is going to be fairly minimal for most of the MLP group. There'll be a handful of securities that maybe are more impacted. And as Ed already referenced, maybe the bigger issue behind both of these items is that it's infused some uncertainty that's going to take time to sort itself out. And that has come at a time where MLPs are at the tail end of a fairly a long period of underperformance and, and that's created, I think, some some selling pressure among fatigued investors.
1: And Jim, obviously, you know, you spoke to this, I spoke to this. I don't want to dwell too much on the difficult start they've had in 2018, but But really, what's your view on the current valuations in the sector? And are you finding any interesting opportunities with specific types of MLPs? Or have valuations gotten to the point where these opportunities are across the board?
2: Well, Ed already laid out the valuation case, and I completely agree. Valuations are very attractive at this time in a variety of metrics. We look at absolute metrics, um, cash flow metrics, for example. We look at relative metrics to other asset classes in the market. And without repeating those, they all look attractive at this time. So I don't think valuations today are certainly as attractive as at the bottom of the energy crisis or back in the financial crisis in 08. But other than that, this is as attractive as we've been since probably the 1999-2000 window, where you actually had some similarities to today's market. You had tech stocks were hot, dividends weren't of much interest. Energy companies were somewhat out of favor, but there certainly were some differences. Uh, Oil prices were much lower at that time. And today, I think the fundamental outlook is much better. We've talked about before here, when you look at the EBITDA of these companies, it's sound. And I think that that is what makes us confident that eventually this undervaluation will be corrected. We also can look to the debt markets. The debt markets have been strong for these companies. And so, again, I feel like the issue we're running into here is not a lack of confidence around current earnings, but confidence around MLP equities and some of the uncertainty that's been infused. When we look at opportunities, we're thinking about looking for quality as this period of uncertainty works its way out. And when we talk about quality, I'm talking about things like friendly management teams and great assets. Companies with distribution coverage and with reasonable leverage, entities that are able to sustain their distributions and hopefully grow. And we share Ed's view that there will be growth in distributions as we move forward from here.
1: Well, it's certainly great to hear that. And Jim and Ed, just to kind of wrap things up, if you could kind of quickly give me your quick take on – the biggest thing that investors could take away from this discussion in relation to recent volatility in the markets and um, those MLP fundamentals and value. Jim, do you want to start that off?
2: Sure, Libby. So MLPs have been a poor-performing asset class for the last five years, but when you look at the underlying fundamentals, the fundamentals are improving. The story around MLPs should continue to improve. You should see sentiment pick up as we move through this year, and we believe future returns will be uh, significantly better than many other parts of investors' options today.
1: And Ed, is there anything that you'd like to add?
2: Sure. I'll, I'll just echo what
0: Jim said and that the issue is that's causing a lot of frustration with advisors is when, when you see a period, which is now quite a long period of poor performance, advisors want to know why. What is fundamentally wrong that is causing these stocks to trade down? And their frustration more recently seems to get sometimes magnified when we say, look, we can't point to a fundamental reason why these stocks are trading down. And what I try to express is that there are some opportunities here for investors is that If you ask me what needs to happen to be a catalyst for the midstream space to perform better from the stock price, I don't need a change in commodity prices. I don't need the economics of drilling activity in the United States to change. I don't need the demand for these commodities or refined products to increase or change. Fundamentally, we're in a very good space in the U.S. in the energy. we, We can drill at attractive returns for both crude oil and natural gas in a number of basins. The demand for those products continues to improve. We don't talk about natural gas a lot in the country, but we're starting to, to export that at, at very high levels, and we'd expect that to continue to grow, and natural gas is continuing to grow in terms of the percentage of electrical generation that is done by natural gas. So there's a lot of tailwind helping push the energy sector. So we think that eventually midstream will continue to catch up with that and start to improve along with that. So we definitely think it's a very unique opportunity where I don't need to point to specific things to drive the fundamental increase in these prices, in these stock prices. We just need market sentiment to improve, I think, relatively through no negative headlines and just a couple of quarters of essentially demonstrating the earnings growth and that Jim and I have both mentioned throughout this call.
1: Yeah, thanks. Ed, Jim, I think you gave investors a lot to think about today. And I really am interested to see where we go with MLPs because, as you both touched on, we've got a really interesting backdrop right now, lots of opportunities and lots of considerations. So thank you both for calling in today, and we'll touch base soon. Thanks.
0: Thank you for joining us. We hope you will stop by again for news on this ever-changing space. Until next time, connect with us on Twitter at, at CEF Association, or by searching for the Closed End Fund Association on LinkedIn and YouTube.